Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Why do certain regions become paranormal flap areas? Who are those 10-foot guys wearing cloaks? Was it a UFO or was it a meteor? Hello and welcome to the 655th broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben. And today we welcome back our esteemed colleague, Shane Searway, for an open line show to deal with all sorts of paranormal questions. And we welcome your questions. The numbers are, for calling, that is 800-449-1240, that's from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, and 401-766-1240 locally. Or you can email us, paul at behindtheparanormal.com, for emails. So, Shane, welcome back. My favorite studio. And I also want to say hello to all the listeners. Well, thank you for being with us. So let's get right to these emails. Okay. We're going to start with one we've been talking about but have not been able to coordinate with Shane on, and uh, this is sort of his um, kind of um, thing. So we're going to take this one from Facebook, and we I've already read it on the air, but we didn't have Shane with us, and Shane has insights in this sort of thing. So it's from Nancy in McKeesport, Pennsylvania. Ben, if you would kindly... State your case there. Yeah, state my case. All right, well, Nancy writes to us, uh, Paul, I saw you on the Travel Channel uh, about or talking about objects being haunted. I think my son has a haunted basketball. It belonged to his half-brother that died. Uh, it does not try to hurt him. It just keeps moving by itself and never stays where it's put. Uh, I, saw, I saw it myself rolling across the floor by itself. What do we do? I do not feel right about getting rid of it. Shane? All right, so... Here's what I find. Usually, when um, things like this are happening, um, it's it's pretty it's a pretty powerful thing to have something that belonged to somebody that has passed. Um, you know, it does something to our emotions, um, it, and also, you know, just having it be something that belonged to that person, um, and we're always focused on it, and it's it's in our minds. But it it, it definitely <clears throat> affects us emotionally and uh, keeps us connected, and that's kind of how the Ouija board works too. Um, Ouija board does the same thing because people use it to connect with somebody that that they you know loved one that has passed, and so it's 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 pretty much the attention and and um, the emotion that we we have with these objects usually. Um, and for instance, years and years and years ago, um, I was at a a case in Massachusetts where um, the the tenant had was told that there was a little girl that had died in the uh, apartment. So this, the, the people in the house just kept thinking about this all the time, and they they foolishly started rolling this ball and talking to this girl like, oh, you want to play? And next thing you know, this ball started rolling all around the house. And actually one night I, I stayed there, and it was in the middle of the night. Everyone was sleeping. I heard this ball. Um, they had pushed it into a wicker basket, it was like a, a beach ball, and the thing popped out of there, bounced across the living room, uh, didn't lose any momentum or nothing, um, bounced all the way into the room that I was in, and, and it landed right on my stomach. Um, you know, and this was this was all brought on because of the tension that they were given to this ball, um, and that's like I said, that's why the Ouija board works because we give it attention. Um, we we are expecting an interaction, and but usually what what's interacting with us is not who we think it is. Um, it's some something that is playing on on that vulnerability and that emotion that we have for a certain object or, or the possibility of talking to someone that we loved. Um, 
and and that's kind of what draws these thing, things in. So I caution you, um, you know, with with this ball, um, you know, definitely because usually what it is, it's it, it's some kind of parasite or something that's just playing on vulnerabilities. So um, you know, I, I I really I would say you know be real careful with that uh, because I would I would almost venture to guess that if you gave that ball to somebody else that didn't know of of the the boy that had passed. Um, that there would be no activity with this ball. I'm, I'm almost guessing. You know, I'm, I'm almost sure of that. Um, so um, there's my answer for that. Okay, Ben, any thoughts? Um, you know, I'm not really sure uh, because although I, I kind of I kind of lean more towards Shane on this, I think it's probably best to be skeptical of what this is rather than just sort of assuming that um, it is. You know. What what you think it is? It's 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 sort of taking that play, that part of your mind and disagreeing with the assumptions that you have and being entirely skeptical of it because then you don't open yourself up to something even worse happening. So I would say just let the phenomenon be the phenomena and ignore it. I've actually it's it's kind of like you know I talked on this show about how I have created a haunt and although I'm talking about a dwelling now but it's it still kind of plays in with the mechanics of of what we're talking about with with these items these objects and stuff moving. Um but in in two different places of business in one home I created a haunt and the reason why I did that was because I believe that the way I operate is I reverse engineer people's haunts. In the case of nasty ones, there's something that that allowed the inter, you know the interaction or the introduction of 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 uh, the the um, the haunt. So I basically reverse engineer. So to cross check my my theory, what I thought was a theory um, was I said, okay, well then I should be able to create a haunt, and I did. I had to find the right location that had certain things nearby. Other different elements, um, some of which I won't discuss. Um, <clears throat> but I, I had certain people, and this might seem mean, but there was uh, a couple employees of mine that um, I could tell that it, w- there was a discussion that was had that I overheard, and that they were very uh, afraid of paranormal type things and haunted houses and stuff. So, and they're working for you, right? They were, <laughs> they were working for me. And so what I did was, um, like a couple days later, I made up a story and told them. You know, uh, I was talking to the guy upstairs. It was a big, big building with many different businesses inside. And these employees had worked there for years, too. And But I, I told I told them, I said, you know, I was talking to the guy upstairs, and they said they have wicked paranormal stuff happening in, in their in their facility. And uh, I made up stories of, of, of a, a murder that had ha- happened in this building. And I made it real elaborate, things that they um, – the, other people were experiencing that they told me, which was I just I made it up. But I put these thoughts in their head, and next thing you know, they, they would get in before me in the morning. The doors would just fly open on their own. There were shadows moving around the room. Um, when they were in the bathroom, the stall door would shake, and they would see the shadow underneath. They'd walk out. There'd be nothing there. Um, other people in, in the business that I worked for started experiencing paranormal activity. We actually, it, and I seen it. So it was just brought on by m- me playing with someone's emotions and getting in their head, making them think and focus on the possibility of an interaction. And before you know it, something did enter into the building. And I did this three different times, and it worked every single time. But like I said, there was other elements and other things present that I, I won't discuss. But um, hmm. but this is it, it's pretty much the same thing. You know, we, we give 
you know, this attention to this ball, and it's so powerful having something that belonged to someone that we loved that has passed away. It's it's a very special thing, so it brings us closer, and that and that's how these things work. You know, the same thing with the Ouija board and, and all that. But sounds vaguely like a tulpa. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm thinking back to several additional layers that might be present here. Uh, that Travel Channel production that Nancy refers to was uh, made 14 years ago. I can't believe they're still airing <laughs> Immortality <laughs> through reruns, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> I can barely stand to look in the mirror now, never mind that. But it was um, called Curses of New England. And uh, I remember, remember I, I flew back from uh, South Carolina from our family vacation early and just to be on this, this, this show. Yes. And um, there was, uh, the producer was very upset. We, we were filming in Newport. The producer was very upset with me because I was not giving her spooky, scare, scary skeletons and stuff, you know. And so uh, what, what I did was uh, we were filming in the, uh, the famous historic burial ground there, of course. And I'm uh, walking along under the trees talking about uh, quantum physics and why things might be haunted. And I was thinking in particular, and it was uh, the segment was about the um, several of the mansions in Newport, uh, where the, the, I'm thinking one in particular where there's a uh, supposedly a haunted suit of armor and all this business. <clears throat> now, uh, aside from the fact that this is very good for tourism, I think there is something to these things. And I was using the uh, the metaphor of a, of a vinyl record, which more people today knew about than knew about in 2002, because uh, it had been forgotten technology at the time almost. Anyway, you imagine one of these these vinyl records with lumps in it, and I've used this metaphor before on the show. The lumps say are things that you know, things that you love, people you know, things things in your consciousness wave represented by this vinyl record. And I was explaining this that and they, and they, and they when the show came out, there were uh, I don't know what you'd call it, not, not voiceovers. I, I was voiceover, and there were scenes of the mansion and all this stuff. But um, that's what. Nancy is referring to. So I think there may, there may be a factor there mm. that remembering there is no such thing as death in any strict sense of the word because there can't be if our ideas are correct. Uh, you would have these objects or versions of these objects still being used by the person who is supposed to be dead but really isn't in parallel realities where they never died. So in a way, it's six and one half dozen of the other, but it's just you're not dealing with any kind of spirits here and people assume that these things are um, are spirits that are that are rolling the basketball or, or doing this stuff, and you can create situations that look like that. I rem- I didn't I wasn't directly involved in this, but I heard about it from people who were while it was occurring uh, at a certain uh, university in Ontario, Canada. There was a group of students who literally uh, made up a figure, and this is this was a psychology experiment supposedly. They made up some uh, 18th century guy who uh, was gave him a name and all this business, and uh, th- there were was act- activity created by this. And then in another occasion, this is also in Canada. I don't know what it is with the Canadians and this stuff, much as we love them. But Maybe they uh, get bored. What? <laughs> Maybe they just get bored. Well, everybody. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, Ouija board in this case, but. No, th- there was there was another uh, situation where they created a female spirit, uh, or, or so what they thought was a spirit, and they actually could photograph it. There are photographs of this of this person, you know, and, and they just made her up. So I think that at least in in some cases, parasites uh, are attracted by this dinner bell, as it were, and figure they can get something to eat, 
and they they will uh, attach themselves to this group because other because th- a lot of times and with the tolpa thing that Ben mentioned, uh, that's part of uh, Tibetan Buddhist spirituality, very, very uh, you know inner circle kind of stuff, where some of the monks as a discipline will concentrate will create a, a, a tolpa as it's called, which is the same thing we've been talking about, only it has uh, a lot of physical characteristics, and the, the spiritual discipline is, is to control it. And uh, sometimes you can't do that, and sometimes you can't get rid of it. I think, I think from what I've heard, they're parasites uh, answering the dinner bell, as I say. Yep. So whatever these things may be, I think I'd like to make the point, too, that with this basketball, it could be none of these things. It could just be... Uh, Geotechnic energies at the site doing this. I remember there are cases. Well, actually, you weren't involved in this, but there were cases where people would complain that they had puppies. Now, actually, no. Our friend Shane Eno from Shane Eno, believe it or not, you got to change your name from the Paranormal Institute of Denmark was was saying the same thing that there there were some people who came to him that said their puppies kept dying. And he said, and I've done this before with people who say, well, I can't sleep in this area. All these things happen. He said, move, move the bed to the other side of the room. And then everything's fine. Because you've got some sort of energies coming, uh, fields or, or electromagnetic fields, whatever, in that particular location that will stimulate even space-time problems. You know? And so these people, in Shane's case, moved the, the, the puppies to another room, and the puppies were fine. And in several cases, I've asked people to say, "Move your bed," because you go, you go there, you can tell there's really nothing serious going on, and uh, then everything, everything was fine. So sometimes the answer is as simple as that. So sometimes this basketball thing, and Nancy has not gotten back to us on whether anything else is happening in the house. Uh, if there's absolutely nothing else, which would be a little strange, even if it is natural, uh, then uh, it's, I'd say it might might very well be a, a natural cause to this as well. So any of these things may be true. Yeah, I consider that, you know, in cases like this. Um, but I would think if it was like, you know, a VLF or very low frequency or infrasound yeah. or, or, yeah. or stuff like that, then it would be imposing its, itself on other objects as well exactly, yes. instead of just the ball. So um, that's why I, I was... Maybe, maybe not, but, but most likely it would, I think. Yeah, like that, uh, the house in Massachusetts I was talking about that started with the beach ball, um, it progressed. Oh, yeah. It actually progressed because uh, it started with the ball, and that's you know that that was to draw you in and get your attention because that's what yes. the, uh, the the tenant was originally started playing with, and talking to this girl. That well, next thing you know, the tenant was brushing her hair in the mirror and saw a large man standing behind her that looked very angry. Um, I was there by myself one day, and um, I heard something going on in the master bedroom. I went into the master bedroom. The bed was gyrating around the room, a big queen size bed blocked the entrance to the bedrooms so I couldn't get in there. I went back in the living room and all the knickknacks, they had this big long shelf started one at a time, you know, just flying right at my feet. Hmm. Um, and the house was just going nuts. But it all started with the attention that they were giving to this ball because, um, yeah. you know, they, like I said, this parasite said, oh, you, you think this a little girl attached to this ball? Well, mm-hmm. hey, let me play with that. And, and that's what happened. Okay. Well, there are... There's good advice sometimes simply to ignore the initial yeah, things, depending on the situation. We have a caller? We do have a caller. We have uh, Billy from Franklin on the line. All right, Bill from Franklin. Uh, you're on ON1240. Welcome to the show. Well, you're, t- you're talking about places that you know, you know cause different things. Uh, okay, we didn't catch the uh, first part of that sentence. Uh, you, you were talking about, about uh, places that ca- cause different, different, different things. Yes. My my uh, deja vu uh, the, uh, things I had in 
and and the cats uh, on my bed when there were no cats there were, were in the exact same spot in the in the room. Okay, so uh, yeah, well, why don't uh, you talk to Shane on this because uh, I didn't quite catch that. Your cats? After I after I had some cats that passed away, I, I could I could I could feel the cats on the bed after they were gone. Ah. Okay. Okay. And I had some deja vu uh, kind of uh, quick things, almost in the exact same spot. Deja vu. Right next to the, you know, like you, like you, like you, um, it, it, it hits me like I've been here before, and everything in the, in the room is exactly where it's supposed to be, and then it then it vanishes. You know, that's funny. You should say that, Bill, because uh, I was just thinking this morning about um, a lot of people have been very, we've been talking about the Mandela effect, um, things some, somehow changing, and you have a memory of it being one way, and it's something else, and other people do too sometimes. And uh, th- that is interesting that you're, the, the, the cat-like phenomena are occurring in the same place you're having deja vu. So in other words, it's like well, yeah. time slips of several different kinds involving you and the cats, if it, not, maybe not a time slip, but multiversal experience, as we might say. All right. Um, one of the things well, I well, might say, I mean, Shane and Ben may have something to add here, but I think that when the, uh, the, the more we do something or the more a cat does something, the more something is routine, say, in our home, such as the cats jumping up on your bed, yeah. They do it day after day after day, maybe even year after year. The more, I think, the more alternate worlds that takes place in and the more common it will become, even in a world where the cats aren't there anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's See the, what that's I'm a, saying? Yeah. At the same spot on the bed where all the cats laid, yeah. Right, right. How many cats were there? Oh, quite a few over the years. Oh, man after my own heart. So, <laughs> so um, and then the deja vu, of course, you, you if you've got an, any sort of intersects there between the different worlds. I mean, you you would have, you, like, you um, might have deja vu experiences uh, along with the Mandela effect kind of things, and the, you know it's possible. It's like a, like it hits me like you know everything in the room is, is is where it's supposed to be, and 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 I knew that, and then then it, then, it, then it was gone. Yeah, yeah. But, Th- but, that I think uh, that might be just what we're talking about. I was I was kind of I was, I was going in the room kind of quickly at, at the time. It was kind of quickly, and it hit me all of a sudden. Yeah, there you go. I had something like that happen this morning. Oh, yeah? In a very strange way. Not as dramatic as Bill's uh, experience, but uh, there's a, uh, as I was uh, sort of bumbling around getting ready to come to the, pick up Ben and to bring us to the studio here. Uh, ben, maybe you remember this. You know that big comb? Now, now you're an important married man now. I have your own yes. place. But at, our, at, our, at your parents' house, remember the big uh, white comb in the downstairs bathroom in the medicine cabinet? I don't know if you remember that. Yes. Okay. That comb is now gray. What? It was it was white this morning. I turned around uh, to try and do something with my hair, and vain attempt. I turned back and it was gray. Wow. That's so I mean that's and these things happen every day to most people. Maybe not quite that dramatically, but I think we say, oh, it's one of those things. Whereas it's it's actually um, our daily life in the multiverse. With various worlds of overwashing and combining, and usually our consciousness as a biosphere keeps it logical, I suppose. But um, so I uh, hear you there, Bill. But that, thanks very much for the uh, for the information. If Shane maybe has a, a yeah, um, 
Bill, Paul and I, uh, many years ago, we did a case in Greenville, New Hampshire, I believe it was. Mm. And uh, now we went to this house. Well, the, the lady of the house had some cats that were, if I remember everything correctly, that had passed away or, de- you know, that were deceased. She yeah. photographed, she was photographing one of her other animals, and in the photograph were the other cats. I think there were two other cats that, that were. Yeah, that just, happens a lot. And you could see them clearly, but, well, they were, they were, um, you could see through them, you know, but mm-hmm. you could s- clearly see them. And, yeah. and then, um, and also, we're doing a case in Connecticut that uh, Paul's been doing for a long time. And I, I came in just a couple of years ago in Connecticut, which is one of the flap areas. And um, their dog recently uh, passed away, D- Donna's dog. And yes. she, she witnessed that same dog in her kitchen, but only half of it yes. from the head to the, yes. s- to the stomach. So, I've seen half figures before. Yeah, yeah. so this not is, dogs. Though. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> definitely a product of the multiverse and, and um, these bleed overs that we talk about and these. Um, situation. Well, yeah, I'm thinking too. Uh, when it comes to animals, uh, we our good friend Mark D'Antonio, uh, whom we all are, are, he's like a brother to us. Uh, he's an astronomer, a real scientist, and he's involved in UFO research. He work, he's with the uh, Mutual UFO Network. He's a their, good guy. Their anal, their analyst of um, the uh, video and audio uh, things that whatever is submitted to MUFON, he checks it over. And he's a, I, I think he's a killjoy because everything we submit, he gives all these, these ideas of what it could be except paranormal. And he had the experience uh, in his own uh, home office of a transparent dog walking in. And again, this guy's a scientist. And he actually put his foot on it, and there was a, a, a it was perfectly physical in, in some way, and, and there was a give. He said it felt like two magnets with the reverse, yes. you know, pushing against each other. Which is very apt because with the electromagnetic boundaries mm-hmm. or brains, B-R-E-N-E-S, of these parallel worlds, if that's what it is, that's precisely what you would what you would feel. Yeah. So we, we hear you there, Bill. We sympathize. Yeah. And keep us posted on that. And thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks for calling. Bye. Okay, very good. All right, uh, who's next there, Ben? I'm sorry, I didn't give you a chance to speak on that. One. It's not okay. Um, <laughs> so Rob from West. <laughs> so Rob from West Hartford, Connecticut, writes to us. Uh, the time discussion interested me. Two years ago, I was bringing my son to the art museum at the BDL airport, and I was that on was Bradley, Hartford yes. Springfield. Okay. Oh yes, I was on. I was on my way driving through Hartford on I-84 and taking the ramp onto I-91. While doing this, I thought I got a glimpse, or more of a flash, of a billboard of the Air Museum with a Corsair on it. Uh, As I got closer, the billboards on I-91 did not have any Corsairs on them. Then a few minutes later, as I got off the highway near the airport, there was a billboard for the Air Museum with the same Corsair on it. Yeah, Corsair being a warplane. Yes, and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, there, there it was you more, are. It was more of a statement than a question, but it sort of ties in. Well, with it ties in precisely with what, yes. what we've been discussing. Uh, he didn't mention anything about combs turning colors. Huh? No, uh, no, no. Unfortunately, just the airplane. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm familiar with that stretch of Route 91. Actually, uh, you've been there yourself because we have fa- we have family around there. Oh, yeah, I'm there all the time. We go to visit. Yeah. Right. For work and stuff. Sure. So, um, again, just another uh, perhaps. I don't know if you can call it the Mandela effect as much as the time. So the Mandela effect, as in the reader, the, the readership, the listenership seems tremendously interested in this. Um, what I was is on the Mandela effect? 
You mean Mandela or Mandela? Like well, Nelson no, Mandela? Well, you're my son, are you not? Because that's what I thought. I thought it was a misspelling. I mean, M- Mandela is Nelson Mandela. Yeah, that's what I was okay. thinking, yeah. Uh, <laughs> of uh, South African fame, a great uh, crusader against the apartheid, and ended up president of the country. Yeah. Lived to a ripe old age. Well, it, the, just, it, 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 it's, I don't know, I suppose just uh, let it, uh, with apologies to those who may have heard this before, the Mandela effect comes from the idea that um, a lot of people seems to have this memory of Nelson Mandela dying in prison, which he did not. Uh, he got out of prison after many, many he was over 20 years he was in prison, and he uh, fought against the, uh, the apartheid system, and he ended up president of the country eventually, did a pretty good job of it, and uh, built uh, really South Africa into the, the, the great country it is today. So <clears throat> there was that, and so it became known as the Mandela Effect when you have what appear to be false memories. Now, as, as we've said many times, the, the psychological term for that is confabulation. And especially as you get older, you have, um, some people anyway, have uh, memories that may be com- combinations of old memories or... I walked seven miles in the blinding snow to get to school every day. Yeah, uphill that both <laughs> ways. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, that sort of thing. And uh, But then again, it, it, may, it may not be psychological in that sense. It may be a multiverse experience in the sense that you remember from another version of yourself a world in which Mandela did die in prison. Or, uh, in my case, the comb was white, you know, that sort of thing. So I think, again, I think it's a very common experience. And um, certainly uh, our friend Rob's experience with this, this billboard uh, happens. And I think it happens a lot. We just, you know, we, we make sense of things no matter what we have to do in order to make sense of them. Yes. And, we'll, and if, it's, if it's not the billboard flying through our windshield, then we'll say, oh, it's just one of those things. And, <laughs> you know, it's just, you, know, if you forget about it because, you know, we're busy and we move on. So that's. I really hope the billboard doesn't fly through my windshield. Well, so, no. so I guess moving on, we have Frank from Wildwood, Missouri. Uh, ben, uh, I hate to interrupt, but I believe this would be an opportune time to take ah, the break. Yes. We're going to do it. That's why we have a producer. Yes. All right. Thank you, Josh. All right, so anyway, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240, New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley, and with our special guest co-host, Shane Searway, today. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, this is the Moose Man. Check out the groove line for the best blues, rock, funk, classic 50s, and the Beatles every single week. Tune in Thursdays from 6 to 7 p.m. That's the groove line right here on Owen. Owen Radio. Owen Worldwide. And welcome back after our brief break. It's Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno with our guest co-host today, Shane Searway. And, uh, you know, I always get a kick out of it when, when our promo comes on during the break. I mean, if the show doesn't sell people, the promo's not going to do anything in the middle of it anyway. So let's, um, and we, we will, me- stop laughing. We will mention uh, our uh, many charities that we've adopted uh, toward the end of the show in our announcements. But let's move on right now with our next uh, email. Actually, this came in from Facebook. And Ben, yes. what do we got? So Frank from Wildwood, Missouri writes to us, I have heard you say that uh, people, not places or things, are haunted. Uh, we have a road near us that people have always believed is haunted, and people call it the zombie road. That's spooky. Uh, there are lots of ghosts People uh, are ghosts that people see at night, and how do you explain that? All right, so in other words, okay, well, Shane, actually, that, that 
it sounds like he was listening to you yeah, um, well. stating that because of the way he worded it. So yeah. why don't you explain and, and answer that? Well, in certain areas where, um, you know, maybe dramatic events took place or, or in the case of uh, the paranormal flaps that we talk about and actually that we're investigating too, one in Connecticut, one in Pennsylvania, um, there's, there are areas that seem to have a lot of different things going on, a lot of paranormal activity, a lot of apparitions, a lot of things like that, even sometimes UFO and Sasquatch and all kinds of things. Um, but, you know, this could be in an area where there, there were some dramatic events, uh, but also in a paranormal flap area where these things can, you know, these bleed overs, um, between parallels could happen. Uh, but when, when I, when I state that it's people that are haunted, and not places or things, and what I'm what I'm talking about is the negative haunts, uh, the you know, what we call parasitic entities, um, the ones that interact with us, the ones that disrupt our daily lives, the ones that are intelligent, um, and they're, they're life forms. And and so when I when I say they um, haunted it, hauntings happening to people, not homes, I'm talking about the negative haunts, uh, not not these other. Um, you know, apparitions that don't seem to know you're there or, you know, the, the sound of a, a railroad or whatever, you know. Um, I'm talking about the ones that are, are haunting people. It's not the house they're haunting, it's the, it's the person. And, um, and, and so that's how we treat it too. We have to kind of figure out why this person has become a victim. And there's always a reason. We, there's always a vulnerability. There's always something that stimulated that or attracted that parasite to the person. And so we treat that, and then the haunt goes away. So that's what I was, uh, when I say it's it's people that are haunted, not homes. Yeah. Uh, ben, uh, what do you think? I mean, you know, I mean, I guess anything is, is, a, is at all possible. I'd want to know what was going on around the road, if there, if there were high water tables, if there were, like, Different kinds of minerals in the soil that would possibly affect the electromagnetic fields hanging around there. If there's high tension wires, because usually I found, like I know um, here in Rhode Island, Tower Hill Road is is often referred to as the spooky road of Rhode Island. And yeah. like, I remember when I was a teenager, the thing to do was to go like drive down Tower Hill Road, and it was like, oh, you'll see ghosts and stuff. Like that was like one of the things you did. And I I I mostly thought it was just because of like you know Rhode Island has large amounts of quartz in it. So I'd like to mm, think that that was probably yeah exactly like I mean you look at Cumberland <laughs> like yeah yeah like it it just makes the most sense that like it would probably be the minerals that conduct electromagnetic fields and then bada bing bada boom you see ghosts Cumberland Rhode Island also has uh, Cumberlandite and supposedly it's the only place in the world where that's found in the Iron Mine Hill Road area which is right up the the, the main drag from. Uh, Tower Hill Road. So I mean, the yep. whole area is full of it. Oh yeah. Uh, it's funny. One time, uh, this is off off subject, but one time, uh, this is before you were born. We uh, were in England. Your young, you know, your older brother, mom, and myself. And uh, I said I'm, I was on the one of the municipal boards at Cumberland at the time. So I'm going to bring some Cumberlandite and present it to the British Museum, right? So they were very gracious in London, and and we went to the British Museum. I went tie on the whole bit. It was just like ceremony. They had uh, about 200 examples of Cumberland, uh, samples of Cumberlandite that other people from Cumberland had brought them like, <laughs> since the 1920s. Right? So th- they were too <clears throat> nice to tell me that they already had a million uh, things <clears throat> and they accepted it, but I uh, kind of took the wind out of my sails. I had a uh, proclamation from the town council and the whole bit. Anyway, Cumberland. <laughs> so sure, uh, th- these geotechnic factors and geological factors even seismic factors certainly have a, uh, a role to play in many of these things. And I think we just need, before we leave this question, need to um, make a distinction between 
you know, and because this begs the question, what do you mean by a haunting? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, what we interpret as a haunting is anything strange at all. Okay, maybe. And uh, that could be caused, as, as we said, in the case of, of the possible basketball explanation from the earlier question uh, came in, that came in from Nancy um, on Facebook, that, that there was an issue with um, maybe just energies affecting this basketball, or it could be all the way to parasites. So I think that um, in the case of uh, these roads that are haunted, uh, as opposed to people being haunted, maybe what is it's not really... Uh, the same kind of thing at all. It's it's actually just an area of intersects or overwashes right. or overlaps uh, between alternate realities because of the geotechnics of the area, or at least that may be a factor, and that may not be really a um, a haunting in the classic sense at all. You may see people, you might see animals, uh, but it's not really uh, anything. Um, that is maybe parasitical or anything of, of that kind. Right, they're more events than anything, and, and so haunting is is what I refer to something that's attacking somebody. So that's why I say it's the parasites that um, are haunting the people, not a dwelling or whatever. Right. Um, but in in the in the cases like these haunted roads and these haunted places, and 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 like Ben brought up, and and uh, you Paul. Um, I found the majority of, of the le- most legitimate haunts, the ones I actually gone there and did find something, um, because there's all kinds of folklore and stories and stuff, but I, the ones that I have checked out, um, almost not all of them, but the majority of them did have rivers or streams mm-hmm. near, near these locations. It's a huge, huge thing. I found that in, in the cases of homes, too, where we have parasites. Um, but definitely, definitely a, a, a huge um, contributor to, to these events. Yes. Well, everything is connected. Oh, yeah. Very literally. Okay, Ben, what do we got next? So next we have Doug from Cimarron, New Mexico. You pronounced that right. Yes, because I took a, a seminar on Western movies, and one of the movies we watched was Cimarron. So well, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get out of a course. I was r- really hoping I'd never hear that name again. Alrighty, so he writes to us, I always enjoy Shane on the show. Has he ever encountered shadow people, and what is his opinion on what they are? Okay. Well, yes. you're, you're the man today. <laughs> yes. I have encountered them. And I think now um, there's this, um, what was it? Oh, the man with the hat. Um, so that that guy seems to be like a parasite. I've never encountered him on any of my cases, but from what I read and, and stuff like that, he definitely tends to seem to be like a parasite. But what, the, par- the shadow figures that I've um a majority of the time, they always seem to have some kind of a, an agenda, um, and so I think they're immediately everyone says, "Oh, they're uh, they're negative," you know. And I haven't found that to be the case most of the time. I mean, in some cases, there have been um, hauntings where people are seeing shadow type figures. Um, so sometimes, you know, they can be negative, but a lot of times um, they're not like. I encountered them, actually, um, as a, a young, I think it was around 18, 19. I was starting to have a lot of uh, uh, sensitivities. You know, I have certain what people call gifts or whatever. You know, I think we all do. But it was it, it started becoming very overwhelming for me because things were flying at me like crazy. And, and I was having a lot of... Uh, you mean literally flying at you? Well, no, but I was having a... I was having dreams of people that I would meet the next day that I was supposed oh, to help. Okay. It was all coming true, like all kinds of different things. And at the time in, in my life, it was it was too much for me. You know, I, I had enough going on. And um, and but if if I didn't, it was funny because if I didn't do anything about these dreams or these like thoughts that were popping in my head of, of people I needed to help and what was wrong with them and 
and everything, um, I started to see in shadow figures in my house. And it was they were trying to steer me into helping these people, and they were kind of aggressive about it. They weren't feeding off of me, and they weren't negative, but they wanted me to act on this. And as soon as I started acting on it, I embraced it. They went away. So I think they had an agenda, and they wanted to push me into that into that role and um if if i resisted it seemed you know like i said they 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 would show up and kind of push me that way um Hmm. so i don't think they could be some kind of life form alien who knows but they um i hear every time we we bring up shadow people everyone says oh they're negative sure if you see a a shadow figure in your house it's most people are going to get freaked out by it and assume that it's nasty you know um but that's that has never not always been the case and it has been in some of the cases i've done where people were seeing shadows now one of the cases we're working on right now uh ben hasn't been there yet but we'll we'll be next month yeah. uh, in western pennsylvania yep. um you remember there was what we had a meeting with the neighbors mm-hmm. uh because it's a it's a new flap area and a lot of houses are involved and w- one of them is having problems with shadow people so that's something we're going to be looking into so i mean as far as w- w- whether i've seen them uh, I think I have. I've seen a lot of the, uh, the sort of, I, I call them sort of archetypal figures, uh, the man in the checkered shirt. I've run into him several times. And it's interesting, you have two, and the shirt was of, different, was of a different color right. than mine was. Now, the last time I ran into was, well, there was Vermont, and then there was Montreal in Quebec. Uh, ran into it a number of years ago. It was the first time. <laughs> and uh, I, ran, I ran into it in Burrowville, Rhode Island. I should say North Smithfield, Rhode Island as well. During the case, all you know, over many years, uh, you know, s- separate uh, incidents that happened. Um, what do you think, Ben? Have you um, ever run into? I mean, you would have told me about it, I'm sure. But well, I mean, not as such. You operate on a different level than we do. I don't know. <laughs> no, you know, just you know, it's it's. Uh, I have always found us rather complementary. I guess. Because, I, don't, uh, I mean, the closest thing I ever had to that was. Um, I, I don't uh, I can't I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I've just never I don't know just never run into it. Okay. I don't know how I've never run into it. Well, but I wouldn't be uh, ungrateful. I've had sort that. of similar experiences, but on a far more terrifying level. Yeah. <laughs> the one in Pennsylvania that's seeing the shadow is that the same um, same person that has that says she was abducted? No. Oh, okay. No, right. this is uh, um, the the house on the hill is the one. Where the possible deduction is taking, and, and I, I've been unable. She asked me to get in touch with her. I've been unable to do so, mm. and I don't know what the problem is. The the, the phone, uh, I don't know. It's very very strange. So I've asked uh, other people we know in this case to help me uh, get in touch with her and, and that sort of thing. So uh, we'll, we'll tie up some loose ends when we're there next month, yep. and we'll fill people in on anything we can fill them in on uh, then. So um, and as a matter of fact, in uh, in my talk. Our talk next week yes. uh, at the Exeter UFO Festival. I'm going to be showing some of the, the photos that we got yep. uh, at that point, um, and we'll see how people are interested in that. <laughs> so there are two things here that, that are more requests for basic information uh, that I thought I would read here because people might be uh, might benefit from it. Other other listeners. Uh, this is one. This is from uh, I can't even pronounce it, but anyway, it's a bunch. Dyatlov Pass, no idea. Oh, it's oh, okay. It, it's from jo- uh, Jock in South Africa. Speaking of South Africa, ah, there we go. The Mandela effect. Uh, so, I love your show. Do you still have the the podcast on Dyatlov Pass? I'm having a hard time finding it. Keep up the awesome work. 
Okay, well, thank you, Jacques. Uh, actually, what that is, the Dyatlov Pass was a, a show, uh, several shows we've done on, on strange places, and uh, we did one on Dyatlov Pass, which uh, was a, a, a rather disastrous situation uh, in the old Soviet Union from the 1950s, where a number of people died under mysterious circumstances in the middle of nowhere, and there's been a lot of speculation about possible aliens and all this business. Uh, that is show, no, we number all our shows, as you see from the beginning, which people find very convenient. Numbered them from number one all the way up to this one. And uh, you're looking for a show number 577, March 9th, 2015. And if you go to our website, BehindTheParanormal.com, there is a, a little tab there, free recorded shows and by the year. So just go to 2015, look for show 577, and that should uh, answer your, your question there. Uh, now here's another uh, sort of a, a practical question from uh, Tracy in can't, just says hi from Canada. So somewhere, somewhere in the vast reaches of, of our uh, good neighbor to the north is Tracy. Uh, I just, I'm just writing to say that I really enjoyed your interview on PZTV, uh, and I love. And this is going to be a bit of a promo for our charity walk in October. Um, that Paranormal Zone TV. That, that, that I think that's probably about the Mandela. If that's the last time I was on that. I talked about that. I love your webpage. May I ask who has Crohn's disease? I am a survivor for 30 years. Can't wait for the movie. I don't know what that refers to. There's another Mandela effect. I don't know. Are, we, are we making a movie? I don't know. Um, I don't think maybe we she are. Means, maybe she means the book, but we do thank you for the good wishes. Um, actually, uh, Ben has a, a cousin who suffers from Crohn's disease and has gone through a lot. Well, he's your nephew, age. so it would be... Yeah, well, our relative. Yes. Okay. And also, uh, we have a very dear friend who was a babysitter for Ben when she was younger. Yes. And uh, she has Crohn's disease as well. So that's one particular charity that we really, really believe uh, we should support. And actually, we're, we're on a big uh, campaign for that this uh, this year. October 16th, Sunday, October 16th, we will be at the Crohn's and Colitis uh, taking steps for Crohn's and Colitis Walk in Providence at Roger Williams Park. We invite everyone to join us who can. Shane will be there as well. And we're going to broadcast live from the walk. And we're going to have Bill Hall as well. And anybody else who wants to come by and join our team, uh, you, you can do so online. Go to BehindTheParanormal.com. Scroll down, you see a big picture of us at a previous Crohn's Walk. And just click on that, and it goes to our page. Anybody who donates $15 or more, uh, we'll get a free T-shirt uh, with a ON1240 on it and Behind the Paranormal, Team Behind the Paranormal, and then the Crohn's Walk thing. It's a nice shirt. We wore it last week at the, the station cookout, right? Yes. So, <laughs> I believe the the little girl from the movie Poltergeist, the, the little blonde girl, yeah. she died of complications from Crohn's disease, I believe. She no be- kidding. Yeah, oh, she wow. became septic. A lot of people thought it was uh, uh, pneumonia. She actually oh. she had Crohn's. And she, um, yeah, she became septic and died from complications. That, that's I didn't know that. And it's essentially it's, it's a young people's disease, and uh, can can really mess up your life. So uh, we we really are support. So that was just by way of promoting that. And yeah. uh, thank you again, Tracy, for writing. Okay, um, I don't know. <laughs> this is going to kind of kind of con- yeah, that's kind of com- complicated. That's I mean, I, I could try. Okay, well, why don't we? Um, well, there's another question from Amanda in the UK here okay. as well. Um, it's regarding the tree creature video that is on our Behind the Paranormal Facebook page. Oh, yes. So she writes to us, Wow, I saw something like this on a YouTube clip uh, from the 2011 um, tsunami in Japan. And uh, it mentioned something about a weird creature in the search. 
Oh, I saw that yes, uh, the, the difficult thing with radio was you can't show these these pictures. Yeah. So and you have to you kind did... of be very uh, vivid in your description. Yes. Uh, the only thing worse than that is uh, having an on-air uh, radio panel, which we're going to do next week. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's because people can't see it. So uh, what what we're referring to, uh, we would if anybody has access to Facebook, uh, most people do. Uh, go to the Behind the Paranormal Facebook page, and it's the first video there. And, and we got it in November of 2010. Yes. Remember how freezing cold it was? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes. no, it was really cold. At uh, the very home that Shane referred to earlier in uh, uh, the show, and this we, we were making a pilot for a possible television show, and as always happens with that case, somebody stomps on it before it gets anywhere. So we have yet to make any kind of thing. We've never even been allowed to see the footage. So uh, what we, we did get uh, from uh, the word from the little boy in the house, who at the time was four years old, that his little friend Ashwar, as he called this invisible friend, was in the tree out in front of the house. So we were out there. It's, it's a rural area. It's pitch black. And I had the, the uh, infrared camera, and I just pointed it up into the tree. And the uh, in, in the video, about four, four or five seconds in, maybe six seconds, you see this thing coming down out of the tree, almost, but it keeps changing shape, almost like a tadpole, and it's whitish, almost smoky, and it comes down, and uh, eventually the frame washes out and it disappears. So that's available for all to see on uh, our Facebook page, the show Facebook page. And uh, that, that is uh, what we're referring to, I think, in, the, in this email, in this, this communication. Did you see the one, um, the tsunami? Yes. One? Now, the tsunami one... Uh, was uh, the 2011 tsunami in Japan where it was a big mess and you know, the whole the whole part of the coast was inundated and uh, as and some people were on top of a building just taking footage of this and as uh, the water continued to inflow you could see a, a, a this thing mm-hmm. kind of crawl out of you know, and it wasn't it wasn't focused on that. I don't even think the people saw it when they were taking it, or it took people a while to notice this in the footage crawling out of the water and it kind of had this, a similar shape yeah. to this thing we got only it was much larger and it climbs up a building sits there for and then disappears and it seems to change shape at least from, from what i've seen i've seen so, that yeah yeah so, so that's what the writer was referring to in this and um i don't know ben have you seen that one what the Japanese? Yeah. No, actually, I haven't. Okay. I still um, find it pretty fascinating that the one in Connecticut, the the boy called this thing Ashwar, and there actually is a tribe named yeah, Ashwar. Yeah, and you, you looked this up, and, and it yeah. means tree people. And yeah. here's this thing up in the tree. Yeah. I mean, and how how did this little kid? He couldn't make that up. Well, we we thought Amazing. it was spelled A S H W A R, but when you looked it up and you found it, this is this is in uh, I believe Central America or South America. Yeah, South America. A C H U A R. A C H U A R. Yeah, which sounds Aztec to me. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there you are. You know, there are so many things in the human experience that we have considered supernatural or paranormal, and we have names for them based on our very limited understanding of what they may be. Now, uh, I talked uh, over the years with this little boy as he grew, because this is the, the, the second longest case we've ever done. Uh, and Ben started, it was one of your first two cases, the other being the haunted policeman of Vermont, as we call it. Yes. And this is the Litchfield County, Connecticut paranormal flap case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, there's a picture of you at the age of 13, Little lad that you were um, with a, with an old video camera, you know. So, anyways, that, that's that's the case we're referring to, 
And I talked to the little boy. He was four at the time. And as he grew, and I would talk to him, and, he, and now he doesn't remember much about that. But he uh, he said he, this is an invisible friend, Ashwar, and that her people lived in trees. Her people lived in trees. Interesting. You know, very interesting. And um, there's also a memory that he had, and his, he told his mother this, uh, that Ashwar told him that she remembered being in uh, a car crash with her mother, and all of a sudden she was up in a tree. And everybody say, aha, she was obviously the spirit of a girl killed in a car crash. But I mean, it sounds to me like, like another overlap, you know, yes. um, that, that other versions of herself are in this, are among these, these tree people, something like that. And because we'll never really know. But um, she didn't look too good if this is, uh, well, that was her in that video. Hmm. But again, you know, we interpret things according to our own paradigm, our own framework. And uh, whereas the framework may be completely alien. Donna from that house just emailed me and said that uh, she woke the other night to a loud screaming um, sound. She said it was deafening, and the neighbors heard it too. Really? Yep. I hadn't heard about that one. Yeah, she spoke with the neighbors. They heard it. Um, She called the conservation or whatever to to ask what this could be, and they said the only thing it sounds like it could have been is a fisher cat. That's um, what I was thinking, yeah. She she went on YouTube to listen to what a fisher cat, which sounds like a screaming, yeah. you know, some say screaming baby, some say a, a woman that's being murdered. She said it definitely was not that. It really? was something. And it wasn't a screech owl. I mean, she's, she's lived in that house most of her life. I mean, she'd know right. a screech owl if she heard She one. says nothing like she's ever heard in her entire life. Was it, it in the house? It, no, she goes, it was out in the tree. Out in the tree? Yep. Towards that the, very tree? I think so. That's what I interpreted it as. Um, now, the neighbor, uh, the guy that lives next to her, said he's been out in the woods a million times. He's encountered all kinds of animals. He's never heard anything like that himself, and he locked all the doors because it scared him to death. Wow. Yes. And that's very interesting. Well, I think we're going to follow up on that. Yeah, What do definitely. you say? Yeah. we, we got to get <laughs> yeah, back down. Yeah, let's do that. We do. I was going to go there last week, but I just I didn't have time. She also, um, she was out in the yard, and she, she heard... Um, uh, what was it? Help me! And she she looked over and help me, Donna. And it was you, it said her name. Yeah, said her name, and it was coming from the hollow ground, the the out in the yes, yard. Yes, uh, we we were there with the um, the drone. I don't think you were there that day. No, but it was uh, Bill Hall and uh, Mark D'Antonio and Ben and myself. I was there. Yes, and uh, we had a lot of fun with that drone. But we we were taking uh, aerial photographs of an area that uh, we thought was was hollow and could be. Possibly a Native American site or something else. Yeah. I mean, who knows what goes on around there? And when I when I first got there, I looked out the window. I hadn't even been out in, in the back, and I and I had said. Sometimes I, I get into like these states. I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't remember saying certain things, you know. But I I I mumbled. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mumbled um, that there's something to the ground. There's something we're not seeing. It's it's like it's hollow. And then Bill was like, "What?" <laughs> because yeah. Mark Mark said he had you know, when you guys were there before. It stomped yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Um, but that's what I could kind of see in my head. But um, yeah, so it's, it said her name. So she went in, in, in um, it, you know, um, Bob was inside. Bob walked the ground. There was nobody out there. But yeah. she, she heard plain as day. It was just, you Bob know. is the other resident of the house. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Help me, Donna. So yeah. she said things are picking up, so we got to get back down there. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we, we've been away too long. <laughs> yes. It's funny. She said everything calms down when we're there. Right. You know, so maybe we just move in. But uh, in any case, there we are. So uh, lots, uh, lots happening in, in a lot of these cases. Now, um, here is one. 
Uh, gee, I don't know if we, we don't really have time. We really don't have time. Oh, I'm afraid we're going to have to call it because we have a lot of announcements. <laughs> okay, well, we'll just put it in the pile and we'll get to it next time. Yes. All right, so less than a week from now on Saturday and Sunday, September 3rd and 4th, join us in Exeter, New Hampshire for the Exeter UFO Festival. This is a really fun annual event sponsored by the Exeter Kiwanis Club to benefit local children's charities and the whole town merchants, restaurants, even the bars have drinks named after uh, aliens and planets. and so Everybody gets into the act. It's a lot of fun. Along with ourselves, speakers <coughs> will include Richard Dolan, Kathleen Martin, Denise Stoner, Stephen Mather Lees, Peter Robbins, and Ryan Mullahay, most of whom you've heard on the show one time or another. We will, pre- we will present a new talk on more strange connections, UFOs, cryptids, and ghosts. And on Sunday, in our usual time slot, we'll do a live broadcast from Exeter Town Hall. It's a first from the show. Uh, we'll have all the event speakers as a panel and the live audience. i got to figure out how to get them to applause at, applaud at the right time. Yes. Uh, if you can't make it to the event, listen in on September 4th, noon to 1 p.m., here on ON 1240 or, or the Simple Radio app by Streamer. You can also look at uh, onworldwide.com uh, if you want to stream it over uh, a device uh, through the Internet that way. Uh, then on Thursday, September 15th, our good friend and frequent guest, William J. Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House uh, and The Haunted House Diaries, which is about this very case we just mentioned with Donna and all the tree people and everything, um, based on the... Two of my uh, slash our cases will speak at the Torrington, Connecticut Library at 6.30 p.m. I'll be there along with Shane, several other uh, of our partners in crime, enjoying uh, sitting in the audience and letting Bill do all the work for once, and everyone <laughs> is invited. <laughs> so, on, okay, go ahead, so on Friday and Saturday, October 7th and 8th, uh, we're back at the Greater New England UFO Conference at City Hall in Lemonster, Massachusetts. Along with ourselves, speakers will include the great Nick Redfern, uh, Mark D'Antonio, Bill Hall, uh, Ronnie LeBlanc, uh, Bill Penning, as well as Ray Hernandez. And then on Sunday, October 16th, join us at Roger Williams Park in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, for the Taking Steps for Crohn's and Colitis Charity Walk. And we'll broadcast live from the event at noon uh, with investigator Sheen Searway, author William J. Hall, and uh, who knows who else might turn up uh, to join us and the rest of the team behind the, behind the paranormal. Or just donate. See the link at our website, BehindTheParanormal.com. And uh, the walk is 2 to 3 miles and begins at 10 a.m. And there will be more information here on ON 1240 as the dates approach. So if you donate $15 or more via the team page or walk with us, you can uh, and walk with us on the 16th, you will get a free Behind the Paranormal slash ON 1240 slash Taking Steps for Crohn's and Colitis t-shirt uh, to mark the occasion. Now, on Tuesday, October 18th, we've got a busy fall coming up here. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be the speaker at the monthly MUFON event. That's Mutual UFO Network, very excellent organization, uh, in the Philadelphia area. That'll be 6.30 p.m. at the Tredefin Public Library, Upper Gulf Road, Wayne, Pennsylvania. And that's uh, mainlineufo.com for details. And then on Friday evening, October 21st, Ben and I will present our program, What's Really Behind the Paranormal, at the Enchanted Cafe in Red Hook, New York. Further details are unknown at this time. More information next week. Meanwhile, find out more about the show, our public appearances, and more at BehindTheParanormal.com, where you'll find nearly 700 free recorded shows from both ON 1240 and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. Our forthcoming book, Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, is now available for pre-order on our publisher's website. That's uh, SchifferBooks.com. Just search for Behind the Paranormal or use the link on the BehindTheParanormal.com website, and it's also available for pre-order on Amazon.com. 
The book is slated for release by Schaefer Books in uh, January, and there will be a release party and book signing probably here in our listening area, and we will let you know about that as details come forth. Okay, and you can find my other books on Amazon.com, Amazon Kindle, and Barnes & Noble Nook. But if you buy them directly uh, at BehindTheParanormal.com, I'll be happy to sign them for you. And you'll help us keep all those podcasts free. Also on our website, you'll find direct links to several charities, uh, USACares.org, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, and YouthMentoring.org as well, doing great stuff out there in L.A. Okay, that's about it. We'll have time for uh, now, of course... Um, Next week, uh, we will be at the UFO Festival, uh, and you can check that out on our website as well. Uh, okay, we leave you this afternoon with a simple but powerful thought from American philosopher and psychologist William James. Believe that life is worth living, and your belief will help create the fact. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And I'm Shane Stairway. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time. Hey, perfect. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and 